0: This is Ryan Plummer, and you're listening to the Ukra Media Podcast.
1: Hello, Media family, Vladimir Pragnevsky here, and welcome to episode number 76 of the Ucrimedia podcast, where server serve our family with daily, that's right, daily interviews from highly creative people. And speaking of creative people, today's guest is Ryan Plummer. He's a content marketing specialist at School of Motion and a talented motion designer. But before I play my interview with Ryan Plummer, I want to take a second to thank our sponsor, ActionVFX.com. They have over 2,500 elements of professional professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest Red cameras from explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood and gore. They have your assets covered. Save on render time with real elements. No more simulation. Go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And now here's my conversation with Ryan Plummer. Enjoy. Ryan, welcome to the show and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know.
0: Hey man, thanks for having me. Um, hey, well, let's pleasure. see. Uh, one of the things I think that it's maybe kind of weird is I actually like <laughs> two years ago, I transitioned to writing in cursive just because I journal a lot and writing in cursive for some reason is just, there's something that, uh, kind of like a Zen to it, I guess. And, um, <laughs> There's also, I could just write a lot faster. And so, yeah, I uh, write in cursive.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're uh, one of the few because I don't think many people write in cursive anymore. I, it's a skill that's probably going to be, uh, it's not going to exist for much longer. <laughs> I feel like no, because with no. the technology, everyone's typing. And I myself now, I don't write by hand much uh, at all. So what was the reason for you to, to switch to that? Is it something you just one day decided to do
0: well, first of all, my handwriting just in regular print was horrid. and uh, <laughs> So it's mainly and, to improve, huh? Yeah. And I started getting into reading a little more, and then I wanted to start taking notes about what I was reading, and I just felt like I was writing too slow. So I just kind of dabbled with, I was like, I'm going to spend two weeks and then relearn how to write in cursive. Um, you know, they teach you in grade school. And then <laughs> um, about after two weeks, I was like, man, this is this is better. And then my handwriting... <laughs> You know, it looked better. My wife liked it more. You know, it was pretty and stuff. So uh, that was a bonus. <laughs> but now yeah. you can
1: sign autographs.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I can sign autographs. Anybody needs one.
1: No, that's pretty cool. I moved to the states when I was twelve, and uh, I never really learned how to write properly cursive in English. So I can do it well in, in Russian and Ukrainian, but English I, I struggle. So I, I, that's something definitely. You know, now since you said that, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to challenge myself to start writing more. So yeah. I'm definitely going to do that too. Now let's transition to your journey. How did you get started in motion design? Man,
0: so you know, in high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. My dad was an electrician and I thought that I was going to do manual labor. I was growing <laughs> up on like ranches and I was doing ranch hand work. And then my senior year, they opened up this video editing class where I got to work in Premiere Elements. And I was like, oh, I'll try that out. And then like I fell in love with it. And I was like, you know, in, in physics, you have that one kid that you're always trying to cheat off of because you're like, I, I can't figure this out, these equations. Um, I was that guy in video editing and people kept coming to me and they were like, Whoa, how are you doing that? And I'm like, I don't know. It just feels natural, you know? And so I, um, I started, you know, with that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go to college for this. I'm going to become an audio engineer, but that didn't work out very well. But my first year to get into After Effects, My first year in college, I needed a job and my cousin was like, hey, down at the campus recreation center, they have a job for a video editor and I know you messed with it in high school. You should go apply. And so we're building a resume and uh, he tells me, you should put down that, you know, after effects. And I said, what's after effects? And (laughs) he said, just put it down. (laughs) Yeah. He goes, just put it down and I hope you get the job. And so, you know, I didn't know what I was getting myself until he did. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, and so I uh, put it on the resume, went in, had the interview, uh, and they get down to that bottom part of like skills and stuff, and they're like, oh, you know After Effects, that's awesome. Uh, You know what? How about you come in tomorrow, and we'll get you started, and I'm like, oh, crap. I know that they saw that, and that's why, and so I went home that night, looked up what is After Effects, and I wanted to just put the hurt on my cousin. It was, that was uh, a long uh, night. And so I figured out, you know, you can animate text and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is way too much. I'm And so, so I got an After Effects because I lied that I knew After Effects, which is probably hilarious. one of the worst lies you can have or do.
1: <laughs> so how much of it did you learn? Like the next day, were you, did you have to work in After Effects after that? Like how quickly did they plug you in?
0: So I don't think... I can't remember, but I don't believe it was like the first day, but they would come to me and they'd say, Hey, can you add in a lower third on this video? And I'd say, yeah, I can. And then I'd go look up what is a lower third, you know, and oh, then how yes. do I create a lower third? And so it was just like <laughs> uh trial by a fire every single day there. And by the end of, uh, I I worked there for about two semesters. And then by the end of that, I was, um, I was, uh, okay. in after effects and, and I could, you know, make type and I was doing those fun, um, What were they like? You put pictures in 3D space and then you're like, take a camera and fly around them. You know, they were kind of popular for a little bit. Um, And that was like, that was was an interesting year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious, man. Speaking of interesting things, let's transition to a dark moment in your creative journey. I want you to tell us the worst moment in your creative journey. So Ryan, take it away, man. (sighs) Oh, man. I would have to say that after I got out of college, one of
0: my first jobs, I started doing motion design and video editing and audio engineering because I had a little bit of that experience from college for a kind of like a production company. And I was basically permalance, which is not a very fun situation to be in most of the time. And I was getting paid $15 an hour <laughs> and that was as a contractor and I was married. <laughs> and uh, so that was not a very fun and that was uh, a very stressful Guest gig that I stayed at for a year. And it was just a lot of hours. I'd sleep up there at the office sometimes because it was about an hour away from where we lived. So that was like a really hard time, like for me and for my wife. And um, overall, it was just unhealthy. And so my wife talked some sense into me about like how unhealthy the job was and like how it was like hurting our marriage. And then uh, I was kind of doing that thing what artists do. is like, this is my entry job. It's my entry into the Industry, I've got to stay here, you know, for a while and like figure out the ropes. And I was really like, I was just devaluing myself. And so I walked in one day and I was like, Hey, I thought this was an astronomical ask, by the way. I said, I'm making $35 an hour now if you're going to keep permalancing me. And my boss was like, That's ridiculous. I'm not, I'm not doing that. And so it's like, Okay. And so I quit like a week after that. And then I just like, by the grace of God, got another job uh, (laughs) that was a substantial boost in pay. Uh, So That definitely was uh, a dark year uh, in life and marriage.
1: (laughs) Now, what was your biggest uh, takeaway from that experience?
0: My biggest takeaway was that when I'm looking for a job or I'm doing work for somebody, I'm not asking them to let me be their slave to do their work. What I'm doing is I come to them and I say, hey, you have a need for someone with this skill to help you with your business. I have that skill. Would you like to partner up? And then you come under them as like they would be your boss and you would, you know, kind of submit to that authority hierarchy. But it's not like you're not a slave to their every whim and stuff like that. And so that kind of changed my view of what I do when I look for a job or if I get into an interview um, or even if I still do freelance, it kind of changes my perspective and it keeps
1: a lot of that anxiety out of that. Mm, No, well said. Now let's shift gears and talk about something positive. Tell us the story of your best moment in your creative journey.
0: All right, so this is going to sound cheesy because <laughs> I work for School of Motion now, um, but nice. Love uh, those guys. I man, they the School of Motion literally changed my career, and it's not because I joined working at School of Motion, but I was an alumni for a while. Oh wow! Um, wow. And so I took animation boot camp, and after animation boot camp. I joined into the School of Motion alumni group. And this is the point that I think that was the best part of my creative journey is getting into the alumni group because there you you get critique and you get pe- to look at what people are doing, what they're creating. People hand out project files. It's like, it's just a breeding ground for talent and um, just like growth. Um, and so that really changed my career because first of all, I didn't know there were that many other motion designers in the world. And then just getting to collaborate with people, it definitely like changed the direction my career was starting to head. And actually I dropped, um, I was doing like video production and I was doing video editing uh, and motion graphics. And I decided, you know what? I'm not going to do those anymore unless they're like absolutely necessary for a job. I'm going to focus on being a motion designer. And that was only because I could see like, this is a very viable career, you know? Um, And so yeah, I think that would be the best moment in my creative
1: journey. Perfect, man. Now, Ryan, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor. It will be right back with more questions. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by our friends from ActionVFX.com. They provide the best stock footage elements for professional visual effects from explosions, fire and smoke, muzzle flashes and bullet shells and gun effects to debris and particles. They have your assets covered. Available in 4K, 100% royalty free. They also have over 250 free VFX elements for you to download stuff like free fire sound effects, spell hits, bullet shells, blood mist, bullet hole textures, dust waves, water sound effects, explosion sound, and and the list goes on and on. If that's not enough, then check out their tutorials and blogs. Actionvfx.com is a great online resource. Save on render time with real elements, no more simulations. Go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And now back to the interview. All right, we're back from the break. Ryan, I have a total of 6 questions, probably probably more. I'm probably lying here, but the first question is how do you overcome creative blocks? Oh man, creative
0: block is that is such a nasty monster. Sure um, is, man. And I have a very specific time in my life where I had a really good moment of overcoming just that creative block and like self-doubt. Um, while I was a alumni, I guess I still am an alumni, I actually started this small practice called 15-Minute MoGraph. Uh, and it was born out of, I was sitting at my desk just feeling sorry for myself about like how lazy I was, and I couldn't get this creative work done, um, like <laughs> everybody else is doing. Uh, and so I challenged myself I to, you know what, before I clock out tonight, I'm going to just take 15 minutes. I'm just going to make something, you know, in after effects just to do something. And so I did that and I uploaded it to the school of motion alumni group, uh, what I had done and told them like, I took, I in 15 minutes, you know? And then the next day I came in and there was like seven other people that had posted something they had done in 15 minutes. And I was oh, like, wow. Whoa, that's, Something's that's crazy. <laughs> Uh, So I started a little bit of a trend there. And so eventually I turned that into like a email sub list and there was a lot of people doing it as well. And so it was like this really cool moment of like just doing something and just kind of sitting down and, you know, getting that voice out of your head. That's like you're a loser or, you know, the imposter syndrome or, or whatever that looks like and just kind of doing
1: it. No, well said. Now, if you could give one piece of advice to aspiring motion designers, what would it be?
0: I think the advice I would give somebody who you know is aspiring to be a motion designer or who's just starting out, and this this feels like we're beating a dead horse here in the industry, <laughs> um, but the tools don't matter, and you just have to kind of find something and try to use it to its full potential before you, you know, jump on to another program or you know you have to try to buy something else. You know, try to maximize what you're doing. Yesterday, I was thinking about how. There's a lot of complaining in our industry about how After Effects is, you know, the slow program and it's antiquated and it's, you know, falling behind from everybody else. But I was looking at Sonder Van Dyke's work and he's still using it and I'm not anywhere near his level. And if he's still using it, then there's a lot of potential for me to still use After Effects. You know, even if some latest and greatest application comes out that, you know, I still have after effects to fall back on that i've put years into learning the program and whatnot and you know what the other day i our backyard has been just flooded with leaves for the past like month and a half and i keep telling my (laughs) wife i'm gonna get back there and i'm gonna i'm gonna break those leaves and i just kept not doing it because it was raining and i kept making this excuse like oh the leaves are wet you know and then we have this old rake that her grandmother gave us uh, and it's all it's all like metal and like Prong, like all the prongs are like bent in weird directions and stuff like that's like from the <laughs> 80s or something and, um, and I was like you know what? I can't use that rake to rake up all those leaves I have to go buy myself a rake and so I went to Walmart bought a rake and then I was like I'm gonna do these leaves now and then I didn't because I was like it's raining still and so just the other day I went outside and I was like you know what it's wet I don't care I just gotta get these leaves up and so I took that new rake and I started to rake up the leaves and after five like brushes with that rake it snapped in half and I'm like are you kidding me like I just started to rake with this and so I grabbed the old rake and then I started raking up the leaves and it took 30 minutes it took 30 minutes for me to use the old rake that I thought like was not going to get the job done or anything like that and it was wet (laughs) and it was muddy but I got it done because I just I didn't rely on the tool to you know bring about the best raking experience. I just needed a rake to do the job, you know.
1: That's a great example. It's interesting because my rake broke in half too and I got it from Walmart. We must have got the same one. <laughs>
0: oh, that's funny. Well, I'll send you a picture and we can compare the <laughs> yeah. compare the rakes.
1: I still have the other half. Now, what profession <laughs> other than your own would you like to attempt?
0: Oh man, that's a hard one because I, not only is like After Effects, I am not After Effects, but not as is like motion design, you know, a huge part of my job. It's also like a hobby. So, there's it's hard to it's hard to look at other jobs and be like, man, I'd really like to do that. But I'd say I was talking to my friend the other day, and uh, and uh, I was like, Dallas, his name's Dallas. I was like, Dallas, I would just love to sit in a room for at a company and write ideas and then hand them off on a piece of paper to somebody and let them do whatever they wanted to with it, you know, and it'd be relatable to that product or whatever, but I just write ideas. And then they take it and they either do something with it or they don't do something with it. But I'd just be an idea machine because I have so many ideas that I don't know what to do with them. And so I think that would be an amazing job. I don't know what that if that even exists <laughs> or not, but That'd be kind of fun.
1: Yeah, you can make it happen.
0: Oh, or Storm Chaser. Uh, that Ooh. one, I won't get off into that one, but- you well, know, you're the, in Texas.
1: The, you're perfect for Storm Chaser. Or storm oh, chasing. man.
0: <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Twister?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Man, I saw that I saw that movie <laughs> when I was a kid, and I was like, I'm going to be a Storm Chaser when I grow up, which didn't happen, obviously, but
1: <laughs> that'd be kind of fun. It's probably for the best. It, I mean, it is a dangerous job after all, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have a wife and kid now, so. Yeah, yeah, they need you, man. They need you. <laughs> now, share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success.
0: I'd have to say one of the habits I have that has really just helped in keeping me going and like the success of, you know, my career or whatever that looks like. I'm not really afraid to ask questions. And sometimes, you know, afterwards, I might get some anxiety about a question I ask because it makes me seem like I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, see. Um, <laughs> see. But, you know, I kind of, I just, you just have to get over that sometimes. And because if you don't know, you don't know, uh, you know, how to complete something in After Effects or Premiere and Google's amazing, but sometimes it's so much easier to just to ask your boss or, you know, whoever else that might be more knowledgeable than you about like how to do whatever. Um, so I'm not really afraid to ask questions. And I think that has to be the greatest uh, habit I have and probably one of the scariest habits that I have that keeps me going
1: it's funny I, I was at the like orientation yesterday for my kids uh, my six year old is will be going to a charter school and there was a room full of parents and uh I had a question i was i mean I asked questions here on the podcast all day long right but i was afraid I, not afraid but I was just kind of like thinking too much of the question so i had my i asked my six year old to ask the question for me and he did, he did uh, <laughs> 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 so when he said that oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Oh, man, the tricks oh, I use to, to get what I want. That's
0: so funny. Well, now I know for the future, since we just had a kid, I can use that use you know, it, in man. the future. Especially if it's a question that's like
1: borderline, you're not sure if it's a stupid question. Have a kid ask, a six-year-old, who's going to get mad at six? year? Who's going to criticize a six-year-old? Come on, man. You really have to yeah. check your heart after that criticism. You know, if you're going to criticize the six-year-old. Yeah, absolutely.
0: What what do you expect from them? they're a kid? They don't know. Right, right. I
1: mean, they don't know. Now recommend an internet resource that you find helpful in your work or personal life.
0: All right. So if you've been around me long, uh, this is going to sound like a broken record, but uh, hands down Libby, there's an (laughs) app you can get on your phone called Libby, which links your library card from whatever library you have. And you can put multiple on there and you can download books and audio books to it. Uh, And if you know, most libraries are free, and so you can you can get audiobooks and all kinds of different books, and just like on the go in your commute or while you're working out, you can just start absorbing book after book after book. And I I downloaded that app maybe a year and a half, maybe two years ago, and since then I've I wasn't reading before that or listening to audiobooks, and since then I've finished like thirty books, wow. um, and that have like really changed. My perspective on how I communicate with people, how I view storytelling, because I, I I mix it between fiction and I go to nonfiction. And I got into a really big kick about habits there for a bit. So if you do get Libby, first book you should try out is The Power of Habits by Charles Duhigg. Amazing Good book. book yes. That kind of. Yeah. So you've you've. uh gone through that one?
1: Not entirely, but I mean, this is like the number one book that everyone refers to, especially like the, in the entrepreneurial podcast, that's the number one people always refer to and uh, pull out examples from. So I definitely heard of that one.
0: Yeah. And, you know, beyond entrepreneurial or uh, self-development, it's just a, it's a really interesting read just about how humans work in general. And uh, so I definitely suggest that anybody that, Has a phone, which is basically everybody, get that app, get a library card. And you might be surprised about some of the major cities in your state probably offer a free online library card. And so I have a Houston library card because I live in Texas and they offer it to anybody. And then, you know, just a few other library cards to make sure that, you know, if one library doesn't have a book, then you can check it out from another one. But yes, Books Library or uh, Libby.
1: No, I love that uh, resource. Also, there's another one, Hoopla. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but it's similar. Mm-hmm. It's exact, mm-hmm. identical to Libby. And I used to live in Columbus, Ohio, and my parents are still up there. So they, they use Libby, the, the Columbus uh, library system. They use Libby. And here in Charlotte, we use Hoopla. So I got both accounts. So I'm reading books from both because you can only have check out, like, I think, five books a month or something like that, maybe more. On yeah. Both apps. And if
0: you're reading five books a month, I mean that. <laughs> right,
1: right. Right. Well, uh, audio books, man, I go through them quite a bit, but yeah, that's what I use. Both apps, great resources. And I can't believe they're free, man. That's crazy. They have some of the most latest books available to read. Absolutely free. Like that to me, that's mind blowing. The best. Uh, yes. There's no excuse not to be learning. For sure. For sure. Now, last question. How can people get in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter
0: uh, and Instagram at And I have a website, grain.net, it's spelled G-R-E-Y-N.net. And uh, hit me up, uh, DM me if you want. And I love collaborating. And honestly, just as much as I can do to help out the motion design industry. And if you have questions about anything, hit me up. I want to chat with you and, and help you out.
1: Sounds good. Well, Ryan, listen, thank you so much for sharing your journey with
0: us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on today.
1: Alright, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ryan Plummer. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. As always, all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at uchromedia.com slash 76. And make sure to check out actionvfx.com. Remember, they have your assets covered. Over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest RED cameras from explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore. Go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to action. VFX.com. And lastly, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukremedia.com community. We have well over 3000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ucremedia podcast. Bye-bye.